Hello once again, and welcome to the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I'm your host, and I want to thank you and congratulate you on your wise decision to join us today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators, and they fall into one or more of several different categories. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have folks who help others build their businesses. And then, of course, we have the do-it-yourselfers who like to have your own hands on the marketing levers as you expand your market reach. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how we and our guest experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Also, we update the feed every single week with fresh, exciting content, so you definitely do not want to miss any of that. Now, one of the most popular trends on Business Creators Radio Show, for those who have been listening for a while, you may notice that there are some trends in the types of guests we bring on. One of the most popular trends has to do with public speaking. Have you ever gone to a networking event and had to stand up in front of a room full of people to give your elevator speech? Statistically, that's about half of you because about half the population are introverts. I'm there with you. Does your heart race? Does your head pound? By the time you were done, were you shaking like a leaf and just wanted the floor to open up and swallow you whole? Well, for some, public speaking is terrifying. There's no doubt about it. But when you conquer that fear and just do it, public speaking is incredibly fulfilling and rewarding. This was my personal journey before I got into public speaking myself. I wondered, how could I get up on stage when I have to prep myself just to go to a networking event? And how can I get in front of all these people who are going to be looking to me, expecting brilliance, expecting wisdom, expecting transformation, expecting, at minimum, great entertainment? And it turned out for me that Ironically, being up on stage was a lot easier than a lot of the other stuff. It's kind of funny how that works. And we've spoken about this with previous guests, and we're going to cover it today with public speaking expert Pam Terry, who's going to give us some pointers on how we can master public speaking and come out looking like experts. Let me just tell you a little bit about Pam Terry. She is the CEO and founder of Now N-O-W-W Strategies, providing public speaking coaching and traditional and online marketing strategy consulting. Pam is a savvy marketing strategist with more than 30 years experience in public speaking, marketing, public relations, sales, and operations. She's the author of the forthcoming book, The In-Demand Speaker, and the 2013 ebook, How to Easily Develop a Presentation. Pam has helped hundreds of people become in-demand speakers. She trains and works with entrepreneurs and corporate teams, teaching them how to connect and engage from the stage and how to market themselves as a speaker and build business from speaking. Pam is also a columnist columnist on public speaking in Small Business Today magazine, a frequent keynote speaker. Pam is a business and community leader who has received numerous leadership rewards. And to think, all of that was just preparation for being on the Business Creators Radio Show. Welcome aboard, Pam. Hey, Adam. It is so awesome to be here. I'm really excited to be on your show. Thank you for the opportunity. 
Well, we're honored by your decision to be here. And uh, as our listener, as our listeners know, not only am I the host, but I, when we bring the experts on, I join the audience, and I'll have my pen and paper out too because I'm always looking for that slight edge. And since we know that public speaking is one of our best trending topics here, I know that we have some people who have their heads turned up expectantly, looking for some nugget or some piece of brilliance that you're going to share with us today. But before we turn you loose to do that, (laughs) what I want to do is I want to take a step back and give those of our listeners who may not have heard of you yet a chance to get to know you a little. Now, I read off your official bio, but just tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to where you are today. Okay. Well, I, you know, as a kid, I was a born ham, you know, whatever audience I could assemble, I was in front of them and Great. You know, family and whatever. But when I started working around, you know, age 30, I I really hadn't been in front of groups or anything. And I wanted to get back in touch with that part of, of, of what I loved about life. And so I joined Toastmasters and I found that I was an absolute nervous wreck and I didn't recognize myself. And Toastmasters really is is a great venue. It's a great uh, way to build your confidence. I was in it for about five years. But the thing that really stuck with me that helped me the most was something in there that they call table topics. I don't know if you've been in Toastmasters before. I've been to to some meetings, yes. Okay, so it's impromptu speaking. They have the the table topics master at each meeting, and these are weekly, and they call on you, and they'll say – Adam, um, I'd like for you to speak on a minute, for a minute and a half on why a banana is yellow or some off-the-wall topic that they come up with, and you just have to get up and speak in front of the group. Right. Well, that, I was absolutely mortified when I had to do that the first time, and I couldn't focus on what I was saying. All I could think about was everybody was looking at me, and, oh, I look like an idiot, and I just want to sit down, and I, I was able to sit down, and I was just... Uh, my heart was beating so fast that I thought that people could see my blouse was moving, you know, from the heart and, and my knees were knocking and I didn't recognize myself. So I actually became the best table topic speaker in the group. I'm so competitive and I, I was, I vowed that I was going to be really good. And the practice that that gave me, plus you would win, they would vote for the best one. And I like to win. So I was, I was always winning the, whatever the prize was, this took a while, but I found that in my job, and I worked at an accounting firm, um, I was the marketing person for an accounting firm, and this was the 80s, which at that time, you know, was kind of, they didn't really, they couldn't even say marketing. They said practice development. So I was the odd person out, but in part, I'd be at partner meetings, and right. they would call on me, and I had this newfound confidence, and it came from Toastmasters and getting in front of the group. And so... I just I, I, be, I developed over time uh, this interest in public speaking, and uh, I I worked for um, many accounting firms and started marketing, doing my own business marketing for accounting firms over several years, and started uh, getting involved with the Chamber of Commerce and speaking on marketing professional services, and I just really enjoyed connecting with people and helping them, and so this just led to seeing how important public speaking is for getting business, for improving your your skills and communication, for connecting with people, for networking. It just has so many aspects to it that eventually I started my own business doing speaker coaching because I wanted to help. I saw so many people struggle, especially 
technology, I was in a technology group, actually, I helped start. It was a technology networking group, and we went around the country putting on CIO panels, and I would be the moderator. And sometimes we'd have CIOs come up and speak on different topics, and some of them were so nervous that they couldn't even look up, and they had notes, and they just, you could just see the sweat pouring off of them, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I really want to help these people. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. So I've had a lot of experience in corporate. I've uh, been an entrepreneur a couple of times. I love uh, being an entrepreneur. It's a lot of work, but it's, it's a lot of reward as well. And have worked in the accounting industry, worked in technology for about 15 years. And so I have a lot of experience with social media, which is really important for public speakers. It's so great, the world we live in today. You know, we have the Internet. I I just can't. When I was doing marketing in the 80s and we didn't have the Internet, it was very different. But yet the the principles are the same. So a lot of experience. I've been around a long time and I love helping people. That's fantastic. And, you know, I... I've been in that situation myself as I was first getting involved with the idea of being in front of groups and speaking to groups. I had some issues with that as well. And I, as I mentioned earlier, ironically, public speaking turned out to be one of the easier things that I've ever done once I've mastered a few basic principles and I put together a few things. Um, My actual most harrowing experience being on stage is I was at uh, one of Armin Morin's conferences, and those who know Armin Morin know that he's passionate about karaoke. In fact, I believe that's how he met his current wife at a karaoke bar, if I remember correctly. Now, In his events, he finds a way to incorporate karaoke somehow. Usually it's at the Saturday night dinner or if he does like some kind of special event for the attendees, he'll work in karaoke somehow. And (laughs) I had, uh, and people were coming up to me asking me what song I was going to sing. I would say, I'm going to do karaoke. You know, they double dog dared me, you know, all that. And I said, okay, well, if there's this one song, if it's on the list, I'll do this one. And I picked one that a song that I know very well, but I didn't think was going to be on these lists because a lot of times I looked at karaoke lists and it just wasn't there for whatever reason. Well, we get to the Saturday night uh, reception thingy, Madoodle, and it turns out that that song was, in fact, on the list. And somebody, (laughs) in fact, I think it was one of the same people who double dog dared me earlier, came up to me and said, oh, yeah, I checked out the list. Your song is on that list. Uh, So I said, okay, I'll, uh, I'll go sign up. And I was hoping to sort of deflect the whole thing and just sort of not get around to doing it. And, uh, and uh, well, they said to me, well, it's not a question of when you get up there because I put you in. You're third up. And they said, okay, since you're my booking agent, Captain and Coke, go get me one. And she ran and got me a Captain and Coke and brought it to me. Now, the person I was, now, the person I was in a conversation with at the time uh, said, oh, boy, this is going to be great. I can't wait to see you get up and sing. And I said, okay, so you are so, – so we have my booking agent. You're now the publicist. So, uh, you're fi- so, you know, you owe me a Captain and Coke as well. Go. So she brought me a Captain and Coke. Uh, <laughs> somehow those first two songs went by very quickly. And by the time it was time for me to come on stage, uh, they, um, I, I had my two Captain and Cokes and I downed them both. Now, 
there's a side story to this because the song that I got up to sing was actually uh, written and originally produced. In, in other words, it was originally created uh, by a friend of mine who is a musician who's had uh, top 40 hits uh, in the past. Now, th- and, this, and, this was, and this was actually his signature song. So I'm getting up on stage and I'm thinking, all right, you know, I'm going to show these people how this song is done, right? <laughs> and and you know, having you know, having been in the front row for several of this guy's concerts, I, I know his stage demeanor. I know you know how he does things. And uh, they handed me the the karaoke mic. I said, no, 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 no. When this guy does it, he uses a mic stand. So uh, you know, they ah. brought up the mic stand. Uh, they they waited until I cued them to start the song over again. And I even did the thing where I adjusted the mic higher than my head and then tilted it side ways like he does when he's on stage man i was a rock star so i get up on so so you know so the intro of the song plays and then the first notes come up and then i hear my voice going out through the mic and i'm thinking this is not how i sound in the shower this is this is this is, this is flatter than a bottle of pepsi that's been open for a year Oh boy! I saw it through, and then I had to explain to my friend uh, why I destroyed his song, and uh, and I made the audience promise that I would post the video myself if they gave me time to beg his forgiveness first. <laughs> and so and so he listened to it, and he and he shared it with some of his friends, and he said, "Kid, you got balls," which was his, which is which was his way of saying which was his way of saying don't ever do that again. <laughs> so I so I posted you, and everybody lied and told me it was great and then three days later I took it down and I'm the only one who knows where the foul is but that is actually the most harrowing experience I've ever had uh, because I got up there and it's just like a public speaker forgetting their notes or forgetting what they were going to say uh, I found out I didn't have a singing voice at all and this was a song that requires well, a five octane rave to do correctly that's valuable information you see right so if I can you survive that, <laughs> yeah, if I can, if I can survive that, I think our listeners can uh, can uh, survive public speaking. Now this uh, this is just kind of moving briskly along here, and when I I haven't even gotten to our favorite question yet. See, here okay. it goes. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything that we tell them to do, except for time and money. Now. This is a question we ask every expert who appears on our show, and what I like about it is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted. So how do time and money impact this whole thing about mastering the art of public speaking? How does time and money impact mastering the art of public speaking? Well, interesting. Well, with, with enough time and money, you can do just about anything. You know, I've heard that many times, and that's, you know, people say, can we do this? Can we do that? Well, with enough time and money, we can, yes, we can do that. So right. you don't have to have, you need, you need some time to get out there and speak and maybe hone your craft and uh, having money set aside. If you want to have a public speaking career and you already have money set aside, so you want to launch a career, is very helpful. So you know, time and money is are two great resources to have, but right. you can do things without um, not having a lot of time and money. You can master the art of public speaking. So it's just all my favorite answer to any question. It depends. <laughs> right. It depends. Oh, yes. Okay. That, yes, that question 
drives a lot of my clients crazy when it comes to building conversion funnels or doing product launches or experimenting with things like tripwires and upsells. And they're looking for me to show them that I've studied proven models that will work. And they're and they're asking me, well, there's two different ways we can do this. Which one's going to be the best? And I love that answer. I say, it depends. we got to test it. It depends. And here's the other thing, Adam. You know, I'm so glad that you asked me that question. I've never been asked that question before, and I love to get questions I've never been asked. Right. Because it, it gives me an opportunity to, uh, you know, come up with some new information, um, you know, uh, maybe not just, not just on the spot, but even afterwards. You know, I think it's a great question. Questions are wonderful. They're very engaging, and it's one of the key techniques for engaging your audience to ask a question. Right. That was a good one. Yes, yes. That, that's why we ask this question every time. We found this groove when we first started the Business Creators Radio Show. And as I said, not only do we get so many different answers, but we get so many different <laughs> ways that the question is interpreted. It's just, I'm it's, sure. just it's nuts. <laughs> and, that, and that's why we love it. It's one of our signatures here. So awesome. we may have kind of touched on this already, but let me ask you this. Do you think that anyone can become an excellent public speaker? Or do you think this is something you're born with? You have to be born with a talent for getting up in front of a group. I think we kind of answered that, but I think there was well, more left on the table. I, you know, my answer is anybody can become an excellent speaker. It all is, depends on their desire to be one because you can learn the skill. Some people who are born public speakers who just have the knack, have a little bit of an advantage, but, you know, just like the tortoise and the hare, the the rabbit has an advantage because it's really fast. But if you plot along and you do the things that you need to do to learn, you can be just as good or better than the rabbit, you know? So it's, uh, it's really an open field for anyone who has the desire. And that, that's what's great about life. Right. It's true about anything, you know? Yes. Well, yes. May, maybe not so about singing, you know, if you have a desire, but you just can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I would, I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm in that category. I, I love to sing, but I, um, my notes aren't always on, you know, they're a little flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we could do it. We could do a whole separate conversation just about that yeah. one thing. But one of the things I learned is that uh, part of it, I was covering the wrong artist. I mean, I just don't have the voice that was designed to cover right. that particular artist's songs. But there are other artists out there I probably could cover. Uh, yeah. What uh, I, I have, I actually have a pretty decent falsetto. So with some coaching, I could probably cover Frankie Valley or Lou Christie or somebody like that because I can get my voice up there and sustain it when it gets to that very high falsetto and a lot of that and a lot of that is practice because of um because i have two cats here and uh when i have conversations with them i voice both sides of the conversation and they both happen to be females (laughs) with very high-pitched meows so i get a lot of practice (laughs) and yeah you call me good well it's good for you to sing it's good for every fiber of your being i think yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so call me, so call me crazy all you want, but uh, you know, the fact is, uh, the fact is, you know, my cat is sitting right here on the keyboard right now, and I'm hoping she doesn't push the wrong buttons. So, um, <laughs> what are now? Okay. We have all heard how public speaking is the number one fear of some people, more so than death. Why is that, and how can they overcome it? Well, of course, we're going to talk about that because that's that is something that probably a lot of people on the call uh, will are wanting to know, you know, how can they overcome this fear? The, the, the question, why is it the number one fear? is really not the right question, but 
I think the reason why is because it's about being accepted. The less confidence you have when you're with a group, the bigger your fear. But the real question that you need to know the answer to is what is really causing the fear? When we can understand what's causing the fear, we can eliminate that cause. So when you know the answer, it's, it's so great. So what's really causing the fear, Adam, are your thoughts. Okay? So they're actually causing it. Now, you may have very good reason to be fearful. You know, you are anxious or nervous. You, you know, maybe you're not prepared and you haven't practiced and you're, you're scared. But if you notice, the thoughts are all about you and you're focusing on you. Oh, my God. Like when I was t- petrified, everybody's looking at me. Oh, my gosh, I wasn't prepared and blah, blah, blah. Fill in your own version of that. So the key here is that when you give a presentation, it's not about you. Because if it weren't for the audience, there would be no presentation. And so really presenting, and I'm sure many people have heard this before, maybe some haven't, but the presentation is about the audience. It's not about the presenter. And it's really important, and for presenters that understand that, they, they, they do have an advantage, that they understand that it's all about the value that you're providing for the audience. Now, you know, stay with me here for a second, because basically you're taking the focus off of you. You're going to shift the focus off of you. When you notice you have any anxiety or nervousness, you have to remember, oh, I was listening to that show on Business Creators Institute or Business Creators Radio Show, and that lady, Pam, said, I kind of shift the focus off of me. What do I focus on? Well, you've got to focus on your presentation. Get to work. Focus on the audience. Do anything you can, but don't focus on yourself because that's going to cause the anxiety and nervousness. You know, I was a little bit nervous about getting on your radio show because I'm excited. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be so cool. I hope I do well. But I know I have such a muscle developed about shifting the focus off of me that I just noticed it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's really about the people. And hopefully I'm going to provide them with valuable content that's going to help them. You know, that's really where the focus should be. And that really is a characteristic of charisma. If you notice, very charismatic people care about making a difference for others. And that's one of the characteristics of charismatic people. And so that's really important for a speaker to, to have that and to, to know that that's their focus. Now, you know Luciano Pavarotti, right? Of course. He's the famous opera singer. And he has this quote that I love. He says, most singers want the audience to love them. I love the audience. And see, he he puts it right in a nutshell there. That's what you want to do. You want to love your audience and find out about them. What you want to do is work on your presentation. You know that preparing before you're going to present reduces 75% of anxiety, reportedly. I read that somewhere, and I don't know how they came up with the 75%, but from experience, I can tell you it's, it's pretty on. And practice, actually practicing. Now, you have cats. So when you practice at home by yourself and you're practicing in front of your cats, they don't really care. You know, and that's, yeah, that's, that's right. Happen. That's right, right. <laughs> they don't care. They're going to walk off. That may happen in a, in a presentation. You know, people may not care. You really want to connect. So it's better to practice in front of your dog because they think that you're talking about treats. <laughs> that's always on their mind, you know. But the point is, is you want to practice in front of the mirror 
even videotape yourself. People, I always love this. I ask an audience when I'm, I'll do presentations on how to master public speaking, and I'll say, "How many people like to see themselves on video?" No one ever ever raises their hand. Right. Now, there might be somebody I'll come across, but no one ever raises their hand. They're all like, uh, "No." And but you know, if you'll just videotape yourself for a minute or two while you're practicing, and then look at that video, it's just between you and the video. It's no one else watching it. And look and see, hey, I like what I do there. Ooh, I don't like the, what I do there. And you can kind of see what you need to to improve upon. But but the thing is, the more you prepare, the more you practice, the more confidence you build, and you're focusing on the value. We're going to get into some other things that help to build your confidence, hopefully, in, in, in our interview today. But there are some other ways. I mean, this technique of shifting the focus off of you and getting to work on your presentation, making sure it has value for the audience, it's all about them, is really something that you you build so that it just becomes automatic. But there are other things, like I've had uh, people say to me, you know, I've tried everything and nothing works. And I had someone in this workshop I was doing, and he was a hypnotist. And he said, you know, uh, hypnosis can help in one to three sessions to overcome your fear of public speaking. I had never heard of that. And of course, I guess that, of course, that makes sense. It could help. And I've even heard acupuncture can help. And there's, there are other things like hip, emotional, emotional freedom technique, EFT. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. A lot of people have heard of it. Of you go to YouTube. Yes. And it's, it's another thing. Um, the Landmark Forum is a transformational courses you can take that help build confidence. Essential oils. Uh, there are some essential oils, oils that I can't say the word, that actually help deal with anxiety and panic attacks. Of course, fitness and nutrition help and, and breathing. Now, I had someone tell me that uh, their boss told them uh, before they go, go up to the podium to breathe, take 10 deep breaths before they walk up there because they had some nervousness. Well, she said it made her dizzy. So, you know, deep breathing helps. Use a little common sense. Don't overdo it (laughs) so that you get dizzy. But there are many ways to overcome anxiety, and there's a way for everyone that they can eliminate it. And that's one of the things I help people with. So I hope that what I've shared is, is helpful. And if, you know, if, I hope people have taken some notes because it's, it really does work to shift the focus off of you because that's, that's where the nervousness is coming from, your thoughts. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's the good news because you have power. You can control your thoughts. There's little that we can right. control in life. That, that's right. That's right. And that's something that we see taught all the time in various types of teaching about building your confidence, uh, mastering your inner game. It, it's, it, it really comes down to just shifting that focus. And it, when you think about it, that's very liberating. So you worry less about yourself and you focus more on the audience and what they're there for. So, um, right. what are, so what are some of the top tips do you have available for us for becoming an excellent public speaker? You mentioned you're going to get more into confidence. And what are some of the other things that people need to bear in mind as they improve themselves as public speakers? Well, you know, to remember things and and to take notes, I like to do like the four P's. That's P like Paul. Okay. The four P's. So 
it's all encompassed in these four Ps, and depending on how much time we have, I could go into, into depth with each one, but I'll just kind of give you a high view of them. Number one is passion, and you need to have passion about two things. One, you need to have a passion about your message and a passion about your audience, okay? And so if you don't have a passion about what you're speaking about, let's say you have to speak for your business, and it's not necessarily something you have a passion for, but you're skilled in, that's okay, but eventually you're going to get tired of speaking about it if you don't have a passion for it. Now, however, if your passion for making a difference is so strong and the skill you have about your, your message is just a skill, but it, it really helps people, that can work too. But it's that passion is that driving force that keeps you juiced up about you know, speaking and wanting to share this message. So that's number one. Right. Number two, number two is power. And what is power? Power is knowledge, or knowledge is power. So it's the knowledge that, that you have about your topic, that, that deep knowledge that you have, and that passion for it makes you one that is always researching about it, finding out more about it. It's just something that you're just attracted to, and, and you are the go-to person. You're the expert. And so it's knowledge not only about your, your topic and your message, but it's your audience. It's knowledge about them. So when you're asked to give a presentation, you need to find out about your audience. Now, what's really cool about that is let's say that you're going to speak at a networking meeting, and it's, it's on Facebook who's going to be attending, you know, let's say the event. You can go look at everybody's profile and kind of, kind of get a sense of who's going to be there. Now, we do know that when people say they're going to go to an event on Facebook, they don't always show up, but some of them do. And you go beforehand, before the meeting starts. This is just the 101 principle for public speakers. You go before the meeting starts to interact with the audience and network with them and warm up to them and have them warm up to you. And all of that helps to, you know, those are some of the things that you do as an excellent speaker for knowing your audience. Now, if you're invited to speak, you know, somewhere where it's an association and you've never spoken to that type of that group before, you need to ask your meeting planner to tell you about your audience. And if they can't really tell you the information that you want, no matter how much you dig for it, it's really important that you go ahead of time and, and meet the people beforehand. But there's so much available on the Internet for you to be able to do research that that shouldn't be a problem. You're right. So that's pass- passion and power. Those are the first two. The third one is preparation. We've talked about it already, but let me tell you about the five parts to a presentation. And I have a free, my free ebook on my website that you can download that talk about these things in more detail. But number one is to create objectives. And this is, these are the first two parts, to create an objective for your audience and an objective for you. That's the first thing you do about a presentation. So in other words, what do you want your, your audience to get out of your presentation? You want them to feel better in some way. You want to lift them up. You want them to be more skilled. You know, what specifically do you want them to get? Because you're going to share that in the introduction and in the close, which is, that's four parts now. Your objectives for the audience, your close and your your introduction and your close are three. And the other objective is the objective for you. What do you want to get out of it? You want to get more people on your mailing list? Do you want to get people to do complimentary sessions with you? Do you, you know, whatever it is you want. You want to sell something? Do you have a workshop? All of that goes on your feedback form that you're going to have them fill out, uh, and they're going to check off what they, how they want to 
you know, what they want with you or from you after the presentation. So you're, you're developing pathway for people to continue to have a relationship with you, whether they buy something from you or not. Right. So those are those are the first four things. What have I what have I left out about a presentation? The body. Uh, well, well, let's see. Let me make sure we covered those uh, four P's. We got passion, power, preparation. Well, we've only got three P's, but on okay. preparation, uh, for preparation, we're covering five things. We're okay. covering the two objectives, the introduction and close. That that's four, and the body. But let me just mention on the introduction and close. Basically, those are covering your objectives. So your introduction has to capture people's attention. So you usually the easiest way to do that is to ask a question. Right. So you're basically asking people, how many of you people would like to learn this, this, and this today, which are your, what you're going to be telling them about. And it's all about them, how they can be better uh, speakers or better husbands, wives, whatever your topic is. Um, and then your close is going to summarize things. We, I don't want. I know how much time we have to go into all that, but let me cover the, the body, the main, the 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 main points. You should have no more than three main points. Right, right. If because, I if I could interject for just one second, for everybody yeah. listening to this, uh, you are you have a fire hose pointed right at your notepad right now. You might have to get an umbrella. I mean, this is serious writer downer stuff. And if you're listening to this live, <laughs> make sure you subscribe to our iTunes at Business Creators Radio Show and get the download. If you have already subscribed via iTunes and you're listening to it that way, listen again. I'm sorry, Pam. Go ahead. I had to interject, no, interject no, that. Cool. Yes, no, I, I appreciate that. That. That's good. Yeah, you should be writing this down. And the body should be no more than, than three main points because people can't handle too much information. So, for example, Steve Jobs' commencement speech that he gave to the it's Stanford or Stanford, I, I always forget whether it's an N or an M, but anyway, it's 17 minutes long and he has three stories that he tells, which are his main points. And you should listen to that. Google it and, and listen to it. It's, it's such a great example of doing a presentation. If you can just do one main point, that's even better. The thing is, if you if you can do one to three main points, you can make your presentation 10 minutes or two hours or a full day. You can still cover your main points, but depending on how much time you have is how much detail you can add to those main points, how many subpoints. So if you're not sure what your main points are, you just list all your points and you look at it and you go, and how can I make that into three main points or two or one, right. you know? So that's, that's preparation. Practice is the other, uh, that's the fourth area, it's practice. We talked about practicing. You, you want to practice your presentation before you give it. Even if you've given it a hundred times, your group is different and you might tailor your presentation a little bit different and it warms you up and gets you excited about your presentation. Yeah. So those are the four P's to be an excellent speaker. Say the four P's again. Uh, again, we have, uh, we okay. have passion, power, passion, preparation, practice, practice. Yes. Yes, yeah. passion, power, preparation, and practice. Uh, here at Help My Website Sell, we have the three Ps of website conversions, which are you want visitors to your web pages who are pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped. So in your business, pre in your marketing, pre-qualified, which means you are targeting the right potential visitors, the right audiences, the right niches, prepped, which means you've educated them about your brand, your message, your value, 
and then pumped so that when you invite them to visit your web page, they are so excited about what they're going to find that they're waiting for the page to load just so they can take that action. So if you are promoting, say, a, we a webinar, for instance, or tickets to an event, or you're looking to buy a product, or, or sell a product, rather, if you're selling a product or a book, you have them pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped before they land on your web page so that by the time they land on your web page, they are just looking for how to do it. I love that. That's awesome. Or if the idea is they, they may need additional information from your web page to make that decision, that they are immediately rushing to that web page and looking for that information. So we look at pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped. And uh, you know, just a marketing tip for everybody listening is if you have something that's alliterative that way, so you have three Ps or five Cs or, mm -hmm. or three Qs or whatever it is, that is a copywriting technique that will make your message memorable. Just like at HelpMyWebsiteSell.com, we talk about the website conversion conversation. Everybody else is talking mm -hmm. about no like, and trust. So if I get up on stage, I'm talking about no like, and trust, they're going to say, oh, Oh, this guy read about no like and trust in a book somewhere. Wow. <laughs> That's but, important. <laughs> but what but what is a website conversion conversation? That that could yeah. potentially be, actually be interesting. Uh, th mm -hmm. things like that. And 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 two things that I like to do, and, and this kind of leads into our next question here, actually, here is um when I get up on stage, uh, there's two things that I typically do. And for those of you who have seen me on stage before, you've probably noticed these things. For those who haven't, uh, this will be no surprise to you. But please act surprised. Just do me that favor. The first <laughs> is, the first is once uh, you know, once the speaker introduces me and and all the applause dies down, I'll just stand there silently and stare at the audience for as long mm. as I for as long as I think they can bear it. <laughs> now I've been told by some public speaking coaches don't ever do that. That's an amateur move, and it and it pisses people off. And then there's others who applaud my brilliance for coming up with it, as if it was my original idea, and it was far from my <laughs> original idea. I mean, back in the back in the days before social media and instant gratification, that was a very common public speaking technique. And the idea is it creates a level of cognitive dissonance that raises attention levels and focuses your message. So you. Get get people to the point where they're squirming a little bit and like, oh, mm -hmm. well, well, why is he just staring at me? And it creates sort of a pregnant pause. It brings them closer to you. Now, another, yeah. thing, another, another thing I do is I will find a way to work this into every presentation, whether we're talking about product launches or multi-purposing content or, uh, or any of my other signatures out there, because I have three or four signatures. At some point, I'm going to tell my audience that the last thing they could ever possibly want in their business, this is like the kiss of death if you have it, the last thing you, you could ever want is traffic coming to your website. <laughs> now I I have gotten reactions to that one that range from huh to people rolling their eyes to people suddenly sitting up like what yeah and and then, and then I noticed that from the majority of the audience people start leaning in whether they realize they're not they're starting to lean forward because mm -hmm. they're thinking wait a minute all I ever hear about is how I need traffic to my website. And this guy's telling me I don't need traffic to my website. What, is he about to reveal the magic beans where I don't have to spend money on Facebook anymore? I'm curious <laughs> about this. <laughs> well, what, what, you, what you're alluding to are a couple of really powerful things. One is the power of the pause. Yes. Is engaging. So 
it's all, you know, that's an engaging technique and it engages the audience because they're like, oh, he's not talking, what's going on? So they're wondering, you know, you've got, the, you've got their curiosity. So that's really powerful to use at the beginning and whatever. And you know what? I, I say, if it works, great, use it. You know, so that, you know, the now in my now strategies is network of what's working. That's what the now stands for. Okay. So I'm all about what's working. And if that works, you know, great, fantastic. And, and it does. The power of the pause does work. And then your statement that you, is, is awesome because it's very provocative. And that is an, that's a, an engagement technique. It's, you can make an, a provocative statement, just like Steve Jobs said to this graduating class at an Ivy League university, I never graduated from college. That was right. his first statement. And I didn't know that when I first saw his, the, the video, and I was like, oh, my God, what are they going to say next? Yes. I'm shocked. You know, it has shock value. And so as long as it's not, you know, illegal and moral or whatever, and it has shock value, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Great technique. Right. Great when technique. I, right. When I tell people the last thing you need is traffic to their website, their ears are wide open for the three P's, yeah. pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped. Because now what we're doing is we're shifting the focus from traffic to your website. Let's throw pasta at the wall and see what sticks. And now we're moving them towards strategically thinking about the website conversion conversation that builds no like, and trust and yeah. finding visitors to your web pages, which is a different phrase than traffic to your website. Visitors to your web pages, a new level of thinking, thinking differently, thinking more intelligently, thinking smarter, thinking right. Awesome. It, opens, it yeah. opens up a new world for them. But if I just start rambling about, you know, you're doing it wrong, you really need to focus on, you know, I might not have that uh, same impact, but now I have them reeling. And, uh, and you know, we may have uh, months later, because I actually, I actually found this out once. I was participating in a discussion group once, and I'd written an article about this whole, the last thing you need is traffic to your website. And about six months later, I just happened to stumble into a discussion group, and just somewhere buried in the thread, I said, you know, there's this kook out there who says that uh, that uh, you, you, you don't need traffic to your website. And I think the, the guy's halfway certifiably mad, but he may actually have a point. And then, voila, link to my blog <laughs> post. And I, ju I jumped in on that one, baby. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. It's very effective what you've done and, and very, very clever and very effective. Yeah, it. yeah. People were, people were talking about it. And, uh, and, and, you know, you've heard of the mad scientist or the mad genius. And, some, and if that's the role you can play, then by all means. Now, that may not work for everybody. I, you know, part of it is just what works for me. And I, and I wanted to, you know, segue this into this topic for just a minute. Because it okay. really leads to our next question here, and I think this is this is one of the main things that our listeners who knew you were going to be here today asked me about by email in advance. Um, more and more, we are thankfully, in my opinion, seeing the end of the pitch fest. We go to these events mm. for three days and we get pitched to death. Uh, meanwhile, we're looking for some little nugget of something or whatever that we can hopefully take back to us to, to hopefully begin to pay off our now maxed off credit cards. And I have found that the majority of the public speaking opportunities that I have, I don't even get to make a pitch because it's a no pitch experience. But they do qualify that, hey, you know, any, you know, anybody you can get to, any business you can get out of the room, have at it. Don't worry about a split with us or anything. Just, you know, hand out your card, make friends, get clients, just, you know, send me a thank you note. And I'm thinking, okay, but that in a way adds a layer. 
because we don't get to make the pitch from the stage anymore. We now have to rely on our natural good looks and charm. So in this environment where the pitch fest for many is on its way out and we're seeing more and more places where you can get on stage relatively easily, but finding a place where you can actually make an offer becomes more and more difficult. How can we go about getting business from our speaking? Well, I, you know, honestly, it's not that hard. Uh, it's, it, it, things do change, but when you are, first of all, you got to have some products to sell, obviously, right. you know, whether that's your co- coaching program, books, CDs, workshops, whatever. Right. You, there are two things you can do. One is you have a door prize, okay, that you want to offer. And you say, you know, I want to give away this free thing that's one of your products. And then you get to describe your product and say, if you don't win, you can get this off my website, you know, but it's, it's really great. It's got this and this and this to it. So that can be a small item, uh, a large item. It just depends on, on your, your, the length of your speaking engagement so, or your presentation. So, for example, if you're doing a 20-minute presentation, then you would always have a feedback form in addition to the door price. You always have a feedback form. Right. And the feedback form, there's an opportunity there for people to purchase a product from you. Are you saying that when you're not allowed to sell something? Yes. Yes. We're seeing, we're seeing more and more of that. This is a specific question that we were being asked. I know you're going to talk about how to get business with speaking anyway, Mm -hmm. but I want to drill that down a little bit even further to match what our audience has told me they're looking for, which is how do you build business, gain clients when they say this is a no pitch fest zone? Well, I, I uh, would clarify with them, first of all, that you can have a door prize, okay? Because you want to do that. And that you can have a feedback form. And then you want to make sure that your presentation has incredible value. So whether or not they do business with you later, they have gotten so much value out of your presentation. That what happens when people get a lot of value, they typically want more from you. Because in 20 minutes or 40 minutes, there's only so much you can provide. Right. So you want to provide enough so that it's not everything. Obviously, it couldn't be everything that you provide. But you want to let them know. You want to have on your feedback form, if you're a coach or a consultant, it's really great to offer the complimentary 30-minute strategy session on whatever area that your uh, expertise is in. And, and then they say yes, and you follow up with them with uh, an email. Uh, but not everybody always responds and says, yes, they want it. So it's always a numbers game, right? But right. you you offer that. And the other thing that you do on your offer is you offer, do they want to be on your mailing list? Would they like your free book on blah, blah, blah? Uh, would they Are they interested in, uh, you know, whatever you can think of that, that is allowed with your meeting planner that you can offer? you're going to put on your feedback form. This will give you a way to connect with them with their permission. And the feedback form also don't ever put on there to rate the speaker because you don't really care what they think about you as a speaker. Right. You, you want to ask them, what did they get out of it? Because that creates value for them and also lets you know. And what I do on mine is I say, uh, let me know, check this box if I can use your name with your testimonial. And I'll use those. Sometimes I don't use all of them, but I'll use them in my 
when I need a testimonial. And so um, then you want to also have your, either if you have a speaker one sheet, you want to have that as a leave behind. And don't do a two-page speaker one sheet. Do a one-page. And don't do it on slick paper. And have them take their notes on the other side so that it becomes even more valuable for them. Ooh, I like that. So your one sheet is a true one sheet, which means one side of an eight and a half by 11. And make make sure that at least the back of it is non-glossy so they can write on it. Same advice I've been giving people for years about business cards. You know, we're going so so crazy having to have these super standout business cards. And at the end... uh, you know, after you give me your business card and an event, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look for a way to get out of your eyesight so I can write a few notes about you on the back. So three days later, when I don't remember the hell, who the hell you are, I can <laughs> have a note that reminds me who you are so we can have a valuable follow-up discussion. I mean, because how many people go to events and then come back with a stack of business cards and they look at some of these names and even though three days ago, this is somebody they swore was going to be the best prospective client or the best prospective joint venture partner they ever had, they're looking at this and they're saying, who? Right, exactly. And that, that's, that, I'm glad you brought that up because people need help. And the more you help them, the more they like that. So if you right. say, you know, use the back. And what I want you to do is write on the back, put today's date, and put the name of the group. So you'll remember, where did I get this from, you know? And that could – see, the thing is, when you're guiding people and you give them little tips that help them, they, they actually do appreciate it. Generally, generally they do. Of course, there's always exceptions, but generally they do. And then you want to have um, the other piece that I learned when I was I was a liaison with Microsoft for a technology company, and they are so good at marketing. Microsoft, they're so good. What you do with your feedback forms, if they will allow this, and typically groups will, is you tell them you're going to draw from the feedback forms for the winner of the prize, and that encourages everyone to fill them out. I like that. Okay. Okay. And that way you get more of them back. And so that helps with your numbers of following up with people. And that's the key thing is following up and connecting. And on your one sheet, you want to say, you know, here's how to connect with me. And just put three. Just don't, don't put every social media thing that you're on. Put the three main ones so it's not overwhelming. Think of, you know, not overwhelming people. You weren't trying to get them interested so they want more. There's so many tips I can offer regarding how to keep the engagement going. But that's really what you're trying to do is to keep that engagement going. So, And, and the, the key thing, I think, Adam, is create value and people will want more. I think that I think that's great. Now, a couple things that I've developed, uh, and I want to get your thoughts on these. You know, again, you know, you being the expert here, I want to get your reactions to these things that I've d- developed. And you know, some of this is new, and some of this is something I came up with on the fly. One of which is, is I'll say pretty early in the outset of the presentation, I'll advise the audience that I am going to give a ton of information, and I am going to move very fast so I can cover everything. But I mm-hmm. promise them. But I promise them that they will be able to get a download of everything I shared. And then I'll ask them at that point, is is this great or is this great? And then they'll all say, yeah, that's awesome, right? And then later on, I'll let them know that, uh, well, actually, that's a setup for it. Now, there are two subsets to how I deal with that, depending on what I've been allowed to do in terms of pitching from the stage, if this was a no-pitch type event. When I'm told there's no pitching, the first question I ask is, okay, so I'm not allowed to pitch a paid offer, but can I do a pitch stack and make it a free offer? If they say yes, 
then what I'll do is I'll make a pitch for my Business Creators Institute where I pitch it just like it's going to be some kind of $3,000 marquee coaching program. And then I hand out the forms or I have the assistant mm -hmm. hand out the forms and I go through all the steps of doing my pitch stack. And when they see the forms, they find out that they get to name their own price for how much they want it for. And the options include Elfribo, Zip, Nada, the big old goose egg, just any <laughs> I just find creative ways of saying free. But the reason I do this, the reason I do this is because, first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to convert between 90 and 100% of that room. They are going to fill out the form, which means now I can follow up with them. Uh -huh. See, let's yeah. building. And number two, if there's somebody in the room who may have a need for a speaker and that may open up an opportunity for me to do something where I can pitch from the stage, it lets them know of my availability and my knowledge in knowing how to do the process. Mm -hmm. I've, right. booked, I've booked gigs where I could pitch by doing this when allowed, because I checked first, in places where I was not allowed to pitch. And I learned this technique from a friend of mine, um, Eli Delaney of Your Marketing University. He was uh, supposed to be on stage for an event, and he, you know, he had his forms ready for to sell his products from the stage, what have you. And then he finds out 10 minutes before he's supposed to go on stage that uh, he's not allowed to actually make a pitch offer. So what oh, he ended up wow. doing is uh, he had this like $197 product or whatever it was it was on his forms. So he went through so he went through the motions of his pitch and then had him scratch it out and write zero. So that's where I picked ah. up that technique. Now another thing you cool. now another thing you can do is uh yeah and again you have to check with your with your host to see uh, if this is okay, is you can tell them to go to a link and download the slides. You have to enter their name and email address. And then other things I see people doing are text me your name and email address and I'll send you the mm -hmm. stuff. I see that. I personally don't do it because I don't text. Uh, and then, but then and there's another one that I really like is um, if you'd like a copy, and this is one that I use. This is one of my personal favorites. If you want a copy of the presentation with the notes, what you do is you connect with me on social media, then send me a message. So you have to do those two okay. steps, connect with me, and then send me a message. So if they're already connected, they can write and say, hey, we're already connected, but I'm sending you that message. And, you, mm -hmm. and now you're drawing people into your social space. So if you can't right, get them right. on an email list, now you're moving them into your social space, which in many ways is just as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and if you're in your, if you're in your social space, you get, a, you get another bite at the apple later to get them on your mailing list. You know, those are good. Those are good. I like them. And, and two, you can, you can host your own events and have yeah. to be low cost, partner with people and sell at the end. I mean, that's, that is a good uh, technique that works uh, where you're creating a lot of value for people and then they want more from you and they'll sign up for your big program. So it all takes takes work and whatever, but there are ways to do it. Right. Uh, there's so many ways. There's so many ways. I, I wish we had more time to talk about <clears throat> a little roadmap, um, maybe another time. Yeah, we, yeah we, we, we might have to have you back here because we uh, got through maybe about half the itinerary. So I think if it's okay with you, we are going to have you back in a month or two to uh, pick up on this sure. part two. This happens sometimes when we get such – 
I mean, all of our guests are awesome, but sometimes we get into a topic where there's just so much we can expand upon that we can't possibly cover in an hour. So we have that person come <laughs> back for a related topic. I can think of several. I mean, we've had uh, we've had Jim Palmer more than once. Uh, we've had uh, Katrina Sala more than once. We've had uh, I think we've had Denise Griffiths a couple times. Uh, so so you may be one of our recurring guests uh, if that's okay. I with would you. love that. <laughs> All right. So uh, just a couple minutes left here. What I do want to do is. Uh, Give you the floor for just one minute and tell folks how you can help them, how they can engage with you. And you mentioned earlier something about a free gift. So tell us now. Okay, cool. Well, actually, I do have um, a my ebook on my website, which is how to de- how to easily develop a presentation in less than two hours is the full title. So if you want that, you would go to pamterry.com, and that's T like Tom, E-R-R-Y.com, and you can sign up, and you'll be on my mailing list, and you'll get the book. And then also, um, I help people. I love working with people to help them overcome whatever they have about public speaking to help them become really good public speakers or the ones that are already speaking, but they want help with how to market themselves or online and, and traditional. Mostly it's online these days. So I, I love doing that, and I find that the best way to do that with people is to do a 30-minute speaker strategy session so we can kind of get to know each other. And right. People get a lot out of that. Sometimes they want more. Sometimes they don't. I'm perfectly fine with that because I really enjoy those sessions. I learn a lot because people are all over the place and, and have a lot of similar situations that I can help them with. And to do that, just send me an email at pam at pamterry.com that you'd like a speaker strategy session. It's a complimentary and I'll send you my calendar and we can set that up. So yeah, I would love that. That sound that sounds great to me. I may sign up myself. So, uh, okay. we're, so we're gonna so we're gonna have you back, uh, and you know we'll discuss uh, shortly when we can we can do that. So everybody, look forward to having Pam back with us again for the part two of this in like a month or so. Uh, once we get through our current lineup, and I you know I heard my uh, I heard the, some buzzing in the background. That was my smartphone, which I forgot to turn off, and I was getting all these alerts about this episode getting retweets and such. So I know people are listening and people are liking. It. So this is very good. Uh, that gives me that gives me even more um, assurance that we are on the right track with this. So until next time, Pam Terry, thank you so much. It's been an honor and an education having you here with us today. Thank you, an absolute pleasure. For everybody listening, my name is Adam Homie. I'm the host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please join us every week when our guest experts help you win at the game of business and marketing. Check us out at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also check us out on iTunes, where we update our feed every single week. We're also on most of your favorite social media platforms. And when you go to businesscreatorsradioshow.com, you can scan the list of all of our guest experts, including Pam Terry, who will have profiles that provide links to their websites and where and how you can engage them with the list of all the episodes where they've appeared. And I have a funny feeling that we're going to be seeing Pam a couple times in the next few months here. So I really encourage you to keep coming back for that. Until next time, I wish you all a great day. Take care and master the intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Take care.